Welcome back for another episode of Super Fun Game Review Podcast Go. Find us on Facebook.com slash Podcast, Twitter.com slash Podcast, Patreon.com slash Podcast, Instagram at Go, iTunes at Go. Thanks and enjoy the show. Welcome, Welcome to, to Super Fun, Fun Game Review Podcast. Go! I am your co-host tonight, Harry, and I am your co-host Matt Seventh Column <laughs> Clark. This motherfucker made Callus's bitch. <laughs> cool. So tonight we are going to review Destiny Two. Destiny Two. So Clark, why don't you start us off? What's your initial impression of the game? So the first one I fell off of right after it came out because there was a serious lack of content. Which this one also suffers from a little bit once you start to get to the end game. You know, we're hitting about that month and starting to lose some content. Uh, They're still trying, but, you know, it's starting to be not an everyday play. But I think they honestly, for for a sequel, knocked it out of the fucking park. I, I think that game progressively got better in Destiny 1, and this is just they're continuing on. The, the graphics improved, the combat improved, they changed the classes in an interesting way. You know, I, I'm really excited to just kind of get into this game. So, I think I met Destiny 1 with a lot of frustrations. I think as I played the game, I think I played it for a total of like two months total. Mm-hmm. I was like really hardcore into it. And it left kind of a bad taste in my mouth, but... I was really hesitant to pick this one up. I I think all the friends in the friend group can contest that I was really trying to avoid this game. Yeah, he was one of the last fucking people. We were sitting there in a party and we were like, he was like, "Hey, you guys, anyone anyone does want does anyone want to play Siege? (laughs) Siege, Siege." (laughs) And we were like, "No, Harry, Destiny Two's out." And just like about twenty minutes of silence, and then Harry was like. God damn it, I'm downloading it now. <laughs> yeah, that's essentially what happened. You guys all logged on that first night, and I was like, fuck, I'm starting a vacation. How am I going to resist not hitting that download button for an entire week? And you got up there higher than everybody before everyone else. Well, I was afraid of getting left behind, because I felt like that kind of happened to me in the first one, where I was always a couple light levels behind everybody else. Well, you hopped on late, too. Yeah, I did. I did. But... I think that was part of the frustration because you hit a point in Destiny 1 where you literally couldn't advance any further unless you did the raid. Right. And I think they rebalanced some things in this game, but I'm not going to spoil anything. I'd rather that come out in our discussion this evening. Right, fair enough. So why don't we just start off and hop right into game development. Game development. Game development. Game development. It's your typical sequel. They've been working on it since they started wrapping up, and so so they did kind of they did something that was kind of interesting as to not alienate all the Destiny One players. And this is the really the only thing that I have with game development, and it's something that I I applaud them for a lot. On the Destiny subreddit, there are developers and designers, all that post and are very very active with their community. And I think it's awesome. They listen to the community. They, you know, you can tell when something comes out that has changed. That's, I was reading people complain about it on Reddit and now it's a thing. Uh, I always thought that was really cool. So what they did was when they decided to make Destiny 2, 
instead of what they were going to do is just continue to build off of Destiny 1. I think this is going to be that jumping point for them. I don't think there's going to... Me personally, I don't think there's going to be a Destiny 3. I think they're going to just use this as the platform to jump off of until there's new consoles. Because originally they were just going to do like a 10-year plan for Destiny 1. Yeah, I think they wanted to do a Destiny 1, 2, and 3 or something like that where they're going to release one every other year. Uh, originally that, that was like their general game plan and then they decided oh let's just go with big patches more well, or less well yeah they well they wanted to keep it all just one one disc everything and you just keep buying like expansions and seasons they yeah. wanted to do seasons and they still use that term like we're in season one of destiny 2 but i think what was holding them back was the fact that destiny was still on ps3 and xbox 360 and to co-develop with that it was uh, a little tough. So what they did, when they started developing the second game, they they took their main development group and moved them off of advancing Destiny 1. They started working on Destiny 2, and they, what they did was they created a live team, which they did all the live events like Festival of the Lost and uh, SRL, and eventually I think they were responsible for Rise of Iron that that uh it, it was like one or two of the main developers and the live team group that went on and, and made Rise of Iron and then it was the the core group then was making Destiny 2 while that was simultaneously being developed. And I thought it was really interesting because a lot of the time what'll happen is they'll be like, "Hey, look, this is the last thing coming out and then we're done with the game until the next one comes out." Whereas there was not necessarily new content coming out until Destiny 2 came out, but, like, they released a book a month before Destiny 2 came out. And it was, like, a wrap-up, like, hey, have you guys done all of this stuff in Destiny 1? If you do, put all your stuff into this book, and you're going to get, like, a special item. I And, and that, that was something that was really cool. I'm going to save what I'm about to say, like, what I would say here for the gameplay, but the first time that you turn on the game... It has one of the coolest moments and gave me goosebumps. We'll 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 get to that at, at, at gameplay. I I read a whole article on the game development today, and there was nothing really that that jumped out that was like huge and amazing. Uh, it is important to note. I think this came out three years after the initial Destiny. Oh yeah, and for anyone that doesn't know, this was made by Bungie, the yes, same yes. people who made Halo. Yeah, no, definitely. But no, I, I really didn't read anything like super super interesting or, or noteworthy. I just remember reading, like, their original plan was, like, an every other year kind of release, and they wanted to get to a certain point and just be done with the franchise. But I, I think their their plans have changed, given the demands. But, yeah, I, I think that's where we're at. So. All right. Do we want, do we want to hop into the story yeah, of, de- let, of Destiny Yeah, too? let's hop into the story. Story. So I guess picking up almost where the the first one left off, not that there was a lot of story in the first one. Yeah, it it, it was kind of weird. The, the the first one didn't have much story that was like really cohesive except for the grimoire stuff. Mm-hmm. Like all the lore. Look, I I hate to plug another podcast, but my love for Destiny came from the Ghost Stories podcast where they went in depth and talked about all of the lore from the grimoire cards and all of this stuff that was like proven in the game, things like that. It's an amazing podcast. Anyone that's a fan of Destiny and is interested more in the lore of Destiny, I highly suggest checking them out. 
give them a comment that we sent them to you. Yeah, no, it sounds good. Yeah. Sounds good. So I guess basically in this one, it basically starts out the cabal, the, the Red Legion, led by Gaul. Basically dry, drop a fleet on the last city on Earth to basically try to recapture or or claim the, the Traveler. Yeah, and like this, contain it. Yeah, which is this giant white uh, sphere that basically, it's almost moon-sized. Actually, it is pretty much moon-sized. Yeah. That just hovers over the last planet on Earth. And they're trying to claim The last it. city. Last city, yeah. yes. Destroy a lot of that city. Basically, they do actually steal the power a little bit, so all Guardians right. lose their 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 access to the light, which is their ability to revive, which I like that they played into the lore of the game. There's a lot of moments where you die and then you just respawn. But this game, as opposed to like like a Call of Duty or Battlefield or anything, like they give you an actual storyline reason why you're actually respawning. Yeah, it's like the, you're, you're... The, the light makes you an immortal. Like you're actually... A guardian's already dead. They have already shed their mortal coil once. The only other like group in this that does that is the Exo, like the uh, Exo race. That's why, like, you ever see ba- you know Banshee Forty Four, the mm-hmm. the gunsmith? Yes. Um, his hard drive has been rewritten forty four times. That's what the numbers stand for at the end of Exo names. Got it. It's how many times they've been rebuilt. So they also notice that after fifty, they start to go crazy. And if you notice, and this is this is you know way into Destiny Two, when you beat the raid and you go talk to that EXO where you cash in your coins, it's Benedict ninety nine, and that's why he's like insane and he's like, I speak for the Emperor uh-huh. and like shit like that, like because he's just batshit and crazy. <laughs> Got it. Fair enough. The general gist of the story. I don't think we need to break down every little element, but you're trying to reclaim the the traveler back for yourself led by and you do kind of do these side plot missions to rekindle the 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 guardian leaders i guess like Z- zavala yeah the vanguard yeah the vanguard the vanguard yes. uh you're trying to rebuild the the vanguard by doing these little side missions on each of the the respective planets or moons that you encounter in the game right uh rebuild the team and go to fight back to to reclaim the the light and finally as they're trying to power up their weapon to destroy Earth, right? you encounter them on the, the Cabal ship and destroy their laser um, and then fight Gaul. Yeah, and then you take the fight to, to Gaul, who has somewhat harnessed some of the powers of the Traveler at that point. Yes. So, like, the light is what gives them the power and gives the Guardians immortality, and that's what the, that's the Traveler's gift to humanity is, like, hey... I'm going to make warrior like there's this great darkness out there that is coming for everybody. I'm going to give you the light and it'll give you the ability to fight back. Now, it's not to say that guardians can't die because they're guardians that do die, but it's through like magic and shit like that. Like it, it like there is actually a, a mission in the game or one of the fuck what do they call them? The the strikes. Yeah. Where they tell how how certain guardians are dying and being turned into void void light. Yeah, the, uh, but like it's the through hive. like a ma- yeah the hive are using a magic to to f- turn them into a different element essentially. And the hive are one of three races, nope, four races. Five. I I was actually thinking about this earlier, and uh, before I I name all all the the different races, they they've all pretty much been supported by the traveler at one point or another, and then when the traveler has moved on to a different race, 
these races have still kind of followed it, kind of trying to grasp back onto it. Exactly. They're trying to get the light back. Yes, yes. And they're, they're... so why don't we just describe each race real quick? So the, the main one of the game is the Cabal. Yeah, which are space rhinos. Yeah, they're <laughs> they're kind of space rhinos. Yeah. They gr- they grunt. They're big. They're they're wearing like um, dog mail and stuff like that. And like their their uh, armor is actually made out of the warhounds. I did not pick up on yes. that. Yes, yeah. uh, they're your typical kind of like you know run and gun. They have tactics. They have shields. They have big guys with big guns and things like that. They're very slow moving. Mm-hmm. They use jetpacks to get around. They're, they're like, like the that. the big brutes of the game. Yeah, yeah. They they're not much for magic or anything like that. It's all technology and brawn with them. Yeah, and then you have the Vex, which are kind of your. Uh, cybernetic kind of robot race robot race that are vaguely based off of like goblin and orc kind of lore yeah there's like a uh they have this interesting like uh fantasy that all of their stuff is named after fantasy hobgoblins minotaurs goblins hydras yep harpies harpies yeah yeah yeah, and, I, I didn't even realize some of those. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. They're, they're all kind of like mythological creatures, more right. or less. Right. But they're all mechanical. Yes. Um, they're To be completely honest, I think they're the one of the creepier races in the game. The way they move, how they like they did the, the, the moving mechanics for them in the game, they just yep. very... It gives me an eerie, chilly feel every, every time I encounter them. And they're the only race in the game that doesn't have their hitbox on their head. Their 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 crit box is in the center where they glow. Oh oh, got it. Okay, yeah. I thought you meant like the actual health bar, health bar. Oh yeah, no no no, that's still there. But yeah. it, I mean, like the actual their critical box is actually this glowing white light that comes from like their their base. And what's interesting, kind of about these guys too, is like when you shoot off their heads, they stop functioning with logic and they just run at you shooting. Yes. yes. Until you kill them, or they get to you and explode. True, very true. Then you have the the hive, yes, which are kind of like your organisms that are out to feed in a way. I I find that the some of them remind me of like tyranids. If you're a Warhammer kind of, yeah. fan, yeah, but I mean they're they're a little bit more organized. They're not as bloodthirsty. They're 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 very. Well, they're like ritual based. They're like their hierarchy involves like knights to protect these witches, and it's like very dark magic. They're very magic oriented race. Like, yes, and they, they always seem to be like like spawning almost. Like any environment yeah. you go to, that's like there's growth of them, like like pods and and like the the, yeah. the growth on the wall. It's just like they're they're like spawning. Yeah, yeah, they're like the bug mutant race type of thing like that's the archetype that they fit they're actually one of my favorite enemy races yeah yes they're they're pretty cool i Uh, i I find that the the knights are frustrating when they put up their shield like yeah which we'll get into gameplay they each race has their own mechanic that and the ogres like they they have like some serious firepower they do they do um or some of the boomers i think a lot of people refer to them i don't know what their technical name in the game Oh, the knights with the guns? Yes. There's two sets of knights. There's ones with guns, and then there's ones with... Uh, swords. Swords, yes. yeah. And then the witches, of course. Witches yeah. are always, yeah. like, super deadly. They're a little more glass cannon-y, though. Yeah. Like, once you get through their, their shield, they're, they're toast pretty no, quickly. Another creepy creature in the game is the Thrall. Yes. I find when they swarm on you, it... it, it like, they're not extremely strong, but 
it freaks you out because they're all over your screen just jumping And then you in. can't get away because you can't, like, move. Exactly. Because they'll surround you and pin you down and stuff. It's uh, They're also one of the more sadistic, like, again, like, dark ritual type of things. Like, in the lore, like, when they kill a guardian, they make sure it's dead by dismantling its ghost so it can't be regenerated. And then they peel the light off of the bodies. That's kind of dark. Yes, they literally <laughs> they literally like eat the light. Like they peel it like flesh. Off get it? Of the they guardians. take the light so that's really dark. Yeah, you yes. get it? Yeah, no, I got it. I got it. <laughs> I was just trying to. I was just trying to roll through that. Yeah. Just trying to shield bash right through that. And get it? it? Shield bash. <laughs> <laughs> so the next race is the the fallen, which are I don't know how to describe these guys. They definitely like to use technology because they have servitors well, they worship technology that's their Do whole they? okay yeah that's their whole thing their hierarchy is like servitors are like the top for them okay and then everything else worships the technology that's why they're after that's why they follow the traveler to begin with is they are obsessed with the traveler they think the traveler is like god now why how did they get the nickname the fallen is it because they were the last race to like fall out of the traveler's glory or, or they were the first they were, they the, were first. the first okay so they've been hunting it for probably quite some time compared to the other races well okay so like they're the first they're the first that aren't the hive like the hive are in this weird and the vex too because the vex deal with time yes the vex deal with like timelines and stuff so like the vex i think are technically from the future that they they've like come back to try to get the traveler Whereas, like, the Hive are, like, a birth of existence, or, yeah, they they were at, like, the birth of existence, and then, like, unheard of for years, and then, like, the Traveler, like, passed a meteor, and it awoke some of them, but they, they, they've never, I don't believe the Hive have actually ever been in the Traveler's light. Okay. I don't think he ever gave that to them. I think he woke them up by passing through their galaxy or their asteroid field, and I think that's where the hive come from. Okay, I, I, don't quote me on that. No, I'm, yeah, no, I, that's I, fair. I, I, I mean, the, the traveler in general is very mysterious. They never really explain what its function is or what it actually does. Like people hint at it, or yeah. they learn little little bits and pieces, but nobody truly knows what its purpose or or reason for 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 helping certain people it just it's yeah very very mysterious object in the game oh yeah and the the fallen are very clan oriented yeah how would you describe like the look of them like as a race uh they're definitely alien they're kind of like bug people they're like kind of, praying yeah. mantis bug people praying mantis i i like that just yeah. because they all have typically like long four, yeah and it, like a lot of them have more than two or, or one set of arms well um, yeah the, they all do do they? They, okay. they all they all have four arms, two legs. Got it. Fair enough. I think they're generally purplish blue in color. Yeah, skin yeah, tone t- typically. wise. Typically, and uh, then they can vary in size too. Fair, like there's yeah. there's some captains that are huge. Yes, yes, there are. But yeah, like their whole thing. Um, they they're like a really interesting race. They're scavengers. They are very clan oriented. It's like you see a bunch of different like clans and stuff throughout. And then the last race I wanted to talk about, which is pretty much the newest to the Destiny franchise, not maybe the lore behind the game, but definitely the franchise, is the Taken, which is a conglomerate of all the other races together with a little bit of a twist on them. Like, they're yep. they're kind of like a, a smoky in color, but kind of like uh, 
oozy, globby. They they can maneuver differently than the traditional ways of that particular race. It's they're like they're like a viscous fluid. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, like that's what like their makeup is. They they don't really you know, and, and they have key pieces from every single you know. They have the phalanxes from the cabal. They have the thrall from the hive. They have the acolytes. They have the acolytes. They have witches. They have ogres. They pretty much almost have. Yeah, I, I can't think of any particular one. Like, there's not a lot of fallen. They don't have fallen servitors. They don't. No, no. A lot of the mechanical stuff, minus or, some of the the, the yeah. vex creatures, the things that are purely like almost like machine without a conscience or something like right, that. Right, right. Are, are not taken per se, but right. uh, but a lot of the races and at least one particular um, enemy from each race is represented with with the taken race. Yep. Um, and you never know what you're going to get when you encounter them. Yeah, it, it's always interesting. And I, I think they're probably one of the more interesting races because they're all based on the Oryx expansion. Yes. Taken King. Yes. And I'm glad they kept them around. Like, they totally could have written them off the map. Yeah. Because, I mean, you do defeat uh, Oryx, Oryx uh, in, Destiny in Destiny 1. one. But for some reason they're still lingering around and there's missions in the game to kind of explore that storyline yeah like why well. are these still here exactly like somebody's trying to rebuild it or, or something along those lines so d- definitely a lot of possibilities with the story all, all the races in the game they, they they're very interesting in in their own mind so once you defeat gaul really in the storyline the next thing that happens after you defeat gaul after you go on this like you know journey to build the vanguard back up you go fight callus true uh callus shows up at the end after gaul and he's the emperor of all cabal uh, or no he's the emperor of the red legion red legion it's probably like a huge faction of of the cabal but he even works for somebody that gets alluded to in one of the missions where they talk about the shadows and there's an ongoing fan theory, which which I'm going to share here because I think it's interesting. And I was actually discussing it with some people that I had met on Reddit. So Callus used to have this group of elite mercenaries that he called his shadows. The fan theory right now is that all of the Callus raid, because he's sending you through all of these like challenges and tasks, and then you kill Callus and you find out he's a fucking robot. And there's tons yeah. of fucking robots at the end of that. They think it was a tryout to become a shadow, and they think that's what is going to be the next part of the story is, ah. hey, Callus wants you to be an elite mercenary. Here's how it benefits you. Here's how it. Here's what you're going to have to do to do it. It'd be pretty cool. Everything came back from the from the first one, though, in, in terms of, like, Crucible is still there. Strikes are there. Nightfall is there. That's all stuff. We, we don't really need to get into those things. Strikes are retold story missions, except for in this one, it's a little different because they actually add more interesting mechanics to the strikes to, mm-hmm. to complete them. Um, they're, they're like almost like mini challenges of a right. raid. Well, is there anything else you want to touch on story? Like we can just no, hop into could, gameplay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Let's hop into gameplay and we'll, we'll start dissecting some of these different modes and game gameplay. Gameplay. It was the coolest. It's one of the coolest gaming moments that I have ever experienced. Was when you boot up Destiny Two, 
they take you through this sequence called Memories. I thought it was amazing because it goes through all of these key moments from your first Destiny 1 save. And it's like, boom, here's this really amazing art of like when you beat Crota and here's the Guardians you did it with. And it just lists everyone's name. Mm-hmm. And then it just it does that for all these key moments, and it's just playing this really epic music, and then it gets into like the really sad, like everyone's dying in the fucking city. It was just one of the better lead ups to a game that I've ever seen, and I, I just that memories thing. I love that you can go back and look at it. I've probably watched it f- mine five or six times now at this point because you can just go back from the main menu and watch it, hmm. watch your memories again. It's really fucking cool. That is cool. I, I just like it was really cool to like look and see King's Fall where we all started playing, which was the Taken King expansion, and seeing. Oh, Is that look, where everybody basically started? Like, except for me and Kevin. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And Joe. Joe played the original Destiny too. We we all did the same thing. We played, stopped playing, got rid of the game, picked up the collector's edition with the Taken King. Got it. And that's when everyone started replaying it. That memories thing was cool and like definitely like moved me in a way. And like I remember listening because as soon as I started up, I went in and got on with my regular fire team, which is, you know, Joe, John, who's been on the show, did the XCOM episode with us. And, you know, you joined the you joined as well. And Hamill was in there and I was just sitting there and John got into the game first and got to that point. And he was like, oh, my God, he's like. I'm not spoiling anything. You guys are going to love the beginning of this. And it was just this cool like anticipation because then Joe got it. And then I was the last person to actually be able to connect to the fucking servers the first night. I remember and, you bitching constantly about that. Yeah, and, and <laughs> it, it is what it is. It, yeah, it was yeah. it was the first night at midnight. I tried to get onto the servers. I wasn't expecting to, to be able to do it. I still stayed up for a good half an hour and finally connected in. But getting to that memories, man. I was just like, oh, holy shit. And then we all just were like talking about it and just like, oh, I remember that. And I remember that. Like, it was just a cool moment. And that's not really even gameplay. That's just something that they included that I think is amazing. No, definitely. Definitely. So I know I mentioned in my initial impressions the the, the rebalancing of the game. There, Like I said before, there was a lot of frustrations with the first one where you just run into basically a wall and have to force yourself down one channel or asset of the game. And it's just really nice. Like each week at at the reset, I have so many options to to try to expand my power level or or pick up high level gear. It's I'm not just restricted to to the raid at this right, point. Absolutely, you can you can totally go raid free and get to three hundred five. Yeah, I mean I like the raid, but I've beaten it already, so it's like I don't feel like I need to beat it every single week now. Like I have that under the belt. I'm basically 305 at this point. There's only a couple more things I'm trying to uh, really accumulate. Like, there's a couple weapons I definitely want to get my hands on. But Oh, man. I totally got my weapon that I've been trying to get from the beginning of the fucking game last night, uh, and it dropped at 305. Did it? Vigilance Wing. The five-shot pulse rifle. I'll have to take and, a look. And, of course, Zer is selling it now. I didn't get my gun yet. I want the auto rifle that's the chain gun. Sweet business. Sweet business. I want that gun so bad. Because I rock. The, the way I like to play, I like auto rifles. Yeah, I, just, I do too. I find it very satisfying to just unload 
I was never really into like scout rifles. Pulse rifles I can dabble with because it's like multiple shots, but I can't do scout rifles. I'm not huge on hand. Like everything just makes me feel at home when I'm playing with an auto rifle. I'm a I'm a hand cannon and pulse type of guy. I, I love auto rifles. They're always my secondary, but my primary is always either a hand cannon or it, it depends. It depends on what I'm doing actually. PvP, it's hand cannon or pulse, and then an auto to back it up. Got it. Or the meta, but I've only gotten good with the meta because like you have to to do trials. I mean, I have the meta and. Uh, the the multi tool and the mini tool like I, the, I've, I when you equip that mini tool with that it's disgusting re- yeah well right now the the meta is the the meta is the most powerful weapon in the game is it really mm-hmm. uh, hands down mm-hmm. if you get into trials and you team shoot you can do two shots and kill somebody if you have somebody else doing two shots you can just be like and like wipe a team in trials like if you if you like if you don't have meta it's a challenge. It's a real fucking challenge. So yeah, like I was saying, like different game modes, like e- each week with the reset to, to get some high level gear, you can do the raid, you can do the nightfall, um, you can do the, w- this is one of my personal favorite things from the game, the public events. Yep. I cannot stress how much fun I have with farming public events. Mm-hmm. I'll usually pick the planet that every like th- that they focus on for that particular the flashpoint yeah the flashpoint for, for that particular week uh the latest one was the EDZ yeah uh, i like the EDZ in general i think i do it's a, too it's a great... I, they they they're all good but I, I do i think i spend majority of my time at the EDZ or Titan i feel like those are my two favorite places i i don't spend much time at Titan no it it's just the 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 public events are very quick at that yeah. one yep. so it's really good to farm very very quick I like Nezus. I, I love Nezus. Do you? Mm-hmm. But in general, there's just something about those public events where you're just like the only one standing there and you're starting to get wrecked. But boom, here comes a fire team over the hill and here comes another guy running out yep. of that building. And shit, this guy just teleported it. Like it just feels so epic. Epic, yeah. When all these Absolutely. random people come together for this common goal and just you fucking just tear it up. I love it every time. Yep. No, and, I I completely agree. And there doesn't even have to be like verbal communication. Like everybody just starts doing their emotes to just tell you like, "Hey, I got your fucking back." Kind of yeah, shit. Yep. Like I it's so satisfying. I I can only put it in so many words just to try to try to do it some kind of justice. I agree. I agree. I I still I still think I think the most satisfying feeling to me is completing the raid. Yeah, oh no, no. Hand, that down. that feeling of just like, oh, we did it. We executed flawlessly. Like I just it, it's Now this raid is not the hardest raid. No. For Destiny. There are there's some extremely frustrating points to this raid. Uh, I I actually think everything's pretty easy in this raid. Do you? Yes. It the only time it gets frustrating is if somebody doesn't know what they're doing. Yes. But but all the all the all the moving parts in this are pretty fucking simple. Yeah. I do want to say the one thing that is kind of relentless about this raid compared to others. The revives? No. Well, I mean, that is a little frustrating, but there's not a lot of wiggle room for errors in this raid. Like, in some, oh, of, the past, I... in the, some of the past ones, if somebody screwed up a little bit, you can kind of scramble so that it wasn't a total party wipe. But I find with this raid, and I mean, I could be wrong, but I find with this raid that if somebody does screw up, it's almost irreversible. 
see, I, I kind of think it's the opposite. Like, the whole invention of the revive tokens for this, for this raid, I think puts it, it makes it a little more challenging in a way. I think it's definitely interesting, but I think the tokens make it very restrictive. And I actually think that limits the amount of wiggle room that you have. I, I think there are party wipes in this one because of the amount of... Like, I, I actually thought Taken King is the the hardest raid because you have to execute on Oryx flawlessly. Like, you, you can't screw up on Oryx. Um, you you can have one person screw up once, and then otherwise, it's a fucking wipe. I, I do remember that. There is a lot of mechanics to that raid. Right. It's, well, and that, not, maybe not that raid, but that boss fight, especially. Like, there's yeah. so many different phases where, boom, you got to jump on the fucking... Oh, what the hell was that? You got to take this orb from the, the, the ghostly steps, and then everybody has to kind of scramble to avoid the bombing, and then everybody gets teleported into this orb where you got to shoot the, the specters inside. Yep, just and like, you have to kill them, everyone wipes. If you don't do it, you know, like, if someone dies in the orb, they get transported out and things like that. See, in, in this one, I, I think with the death restrictions, it, that's what is the most annoying part of the raid, is the death restrictions. Because if someone dies, you have 30 seconds to revive them. If you can't, it's a whole wipe. Yeah. And I think that's where most of the wiping comes from. But yeah, I mean, I've been in, I've completed the raid three times now. If you're with a group that actually knows what they're doing already and have like done it before and you can kind of tell, it moves pretty quickly. I have two rounded callus and I have single rounded dogs with mm. a group. Single rounding dogs was an amazing feeling. It's just, you know, we can get into that later. I don't want to do a full blown like breakdown on the raid. Oh yeah, no, no, yeah. definitely. But yeah, I think the raid is very solid and I'm kind of curious to see what they're going to do. They actually starting next week, they just released the prestige raid which is going to have some extra stuff in it. But it's 300 plus. So I don't know what they're going to give you unless there's unless they're going to increase the light cap and they haven't told anybody yet. Which they 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 did that before. Yeah. They put out the challenge mode secretly and raised the light cap 5. Well, now we're at 305. So who well, knows Well, I know, where it's but I'm go. just saying like the first 100 and 200 like you could like you could put it on a 100 point scale if you really wanted to. Yeah, I I I think they just do that because everyone likes to see higher numbers. Yeah, I guess so. I'm a billion light level. Uh <laughs> so so this is a loot game for sure. Oh, definitely. It's all about the it's all about the loot. And I I like grinding it. I I like grinding for gear in this one. It's not as harsh as the last one. It's a little bit more forgiving. Like, I feel like a lot of times they'll give you an item which was kind of your lowest or something like that. Yeah. Like, like I feel like the... the it's like, almost aware. The RNG is a little aware yeah, of what you're wearing. Yeah, it's not as random as yeah. it was in the last game. Like, you don't get, like, five high-end high end level drops and they're all gloves when your gloves are your highest thing. Yeah, like, great. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, I remember the one thing that was really holding me back before, and then I did the Nightfall, and then, boom, that was the item it gave me nice. to, to boot me up. I think it was the mark or something like okay. that. Okay. Yeah. So again, getting back I, I know we were talking rebalancing earlier, but I think that's another thing that they kind of fixed with right. this game to kind of minimize a little bit of frustration. Cuz there are times still in this game where you're just like, fuck. Like that sucks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I but, mean, uh, that's, that's any game. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. It's just 
matter of just doing it again, doing it again. Yep. But no, I I think they learned their lesson on a lot of things with the first Destiny, and they knew what bothered their their fan base or what definitely needed to be improved upon. And I think they they really nailed it with this game. Yeah. There, there's not a lot of things that really agitate me with this game. Because, again, like I said, I, I the first one left a bad taste in my mouth. I don't have that with this one. I mean, I am a little upset with the end game. Just that there's like, there, you know, I'm starting to hit the there's nothing to do here moment. And I have three characters all at 290 plus light. Two of my characters are 300 plus. You know, once I get everyone to 305, I don't know if I'm going to be playing the game too much until there's new stuff or different stuff. That said, though, when I think about how much I've played it already since the, for the, you know, yeah. three weeks to a month that it's been out, I've played it a shit ton. I've dedicated entire days to just fucking playing this and eating. Yeah. And, like, making yep. sure I survive. So, like... I spent a 10-hour day just completing the raid. Yeah, like, so, you know, it, it's... People are people are complaining about no end game, but also they're also like you know no lifing the game as well. Yeah, and it's like, well, you you can't do that and expect you can't expect an infinite game out of anybody. Exactly, uh, exactly. So, so don't buy this game thinking that it's endless because it's not. Because I'm definitely getting at that point as well, where I'm just, yeah, I'm more or less getting on just to fart around, not with like a set goal in mind. Like before, it was like boom, I need to do this because that's what's going to get me higher. Yep. But now I'm at the point where. Fuck it. Let's just mosey around in the game. Like, the right. one day I just hopped on, I was like, eh, let's just do a couple uh, Crucible matches, and then I'm going to do a couple public events. Just, like, nothing set in stone. Just, like I said, farting around. Right. Let's hop on our Sparrow and head into... Graphics. 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 <laughs> 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 I think the graphics in this game are, are amazing. The level of detail on some of the weapons and character designs and the level design in general is just incredible. Like, I love Nezis. It's glowing and it's like, it feels super, super alien. Whereas in the in the first one, everything felt really alien as well, but it looked a little less polished. I want to say, and and this looks great because they didn't have the restrictions of having to put it on PS3 and Xbox 360. Mm -hmm. They could just roll with this game, and I really think they hit it out of the park. Just the the whole, you know, they can make these big sprawling areas that even have little secret caverns in them that are entire levels almost, just, just hidden away in the lost sectors. And it's one of those games that I could sit, and watch and ever since PlayStation 4 allows you to take a screenshot and then put it as your background mine is of my guardian staring up at the traveler nice yeah nice graphically this is a little side note but I'm glad they integrated a, a better map system yes into the game yep or fast traveling things like that yeah fast yeah. traveling amazing I know in the, the last one public events you had to go on a website to look up what times they were going to start yeah yep uh, just now you can just see it on the map. Oh, it's going to start in two and a half minutes. Well, yeah, it's this, this has on like down. all the bells and whistles that, that people hated about the first one. Yeah, exactly. I like the environments. I mean, Titan, Waterworld, uh, yeah. essentially, yep. <laughs> with like tankers on it and stuff. Yeah, just an you're on a giant uh, oil tanker pretty yeah. much. Another different location of Earth. I think it was the Fields of Russia last 
Yes. Last game, and now mm-hmm. we're in Europe. Old Russia and Europe. Yep. And then there's Nessus, which it's like a it's like a green planet with like a red growth on it in a way. Well, so it, it's an asteroid. What is the mythical creature that asteroids are named after? The asteroids are named after? Yes. I don't know any names of asteroids. Your though. ghost, your ghost t- says it to you when it's talking to Failsafe when you first hit on Nezis. and it's like, oh, this has been completely taken over by the Vex. So Nezis was an asteroid that turned into a planet based off of like terraforming by the Vex. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's like tons of like Vex architecture, which is just this crazy like jutting crazy like technical and like circuitry kind of buildings and then very ornate alien structures yes throughout and then it just looks like it's planted right in the middle of just what used to be like a lush forest and then everything is just turned red by the the infection and then all the water there is the uh vex milk yeah the ve- yeah. yeah the vex milk <laughs> <laughs> Somebody said something like, you shoot them, and then the milk comes out. Yeah, yep. And then I think the last planet of interest is uh, Io. Yep, Io. Which, so Nessus was an asteroid. What planet is it around? Or No, it's just out there, isn't it? Ness, yeah, Nessus is an asteroid. And then Io is a, a moon of Jupiter. But yeah, Io is it's kind of similar to the first game's Venus in a way, at least in, in my mind. Yeah. I, I think it has a very, very similar look. And and definitely feel to it. And I think that, but no, they're, they're all distinctly different in their look. And they almost have like a certain color palette programmed into each place. So that you're not seeing the same color scheme no matter where you go. It just makes it look very distinct from, from each other. Now on that same token, I do got to say, I was more impressed with the, there was something a little bit more nostalgic in the first game, visiting, like, the moon. Like, that's our moon. Right. Mars. That's, like, our closest planet. Then you got Venus. Like, it would just... Yeah. Those Saturn. were so... Yeah, Saturn. Like, those were so iconic in the first one. I don't get that same vibe in the second one. And I almost wish they would bring back mini missions just to visit those planets again. Or even for, for the, the Sun Titan in the first one, you got to even go to Mercury Right for for a mission, which I right. thought was cool. It just, it's awesome that they incorporated like other celestial bodies in our solar system for this game. I just wish they could also incorporate that, like not just new ones, but like all of them, like just to really make it feel like you can explore our solar system. Who knows? They might incorporate those. They could, and I think they might just get everybody used to these for the time being, so that we're not stretching ourselves thin. Yeah. On on the the, the different engines, right. but I mean, there's only so many people on any instance at any given time, anyway. So they could potentially bring in some of those older bodies from Destiny One, maybe eliminate certain servers, so you're not running into too few people being on a particular instance or right. something like right. that. But no, I I I do have hopes that they they would bring that stuff back yeah because i remember just looking at the moon and just looking back at earth and then there was this giant oh what was it there was just like the, the moon was venting from like some kind of crash on oh, it. oh right and right and just mars like no none of the planets in this game even feel similar to mars like just how deserty mm-hmm. it, it was yeah. in that game so not trying to gush over destiny one i just didn't get that same 
feel for the environments. Although the EDZ, I think, is the best looking body to explore in this game. Okay. Personally, I just yeah. I, it just seems like they put the most work in into that one. But my my opinion, my opinion. I mean, they had the most source material for it. You yeah. know what I mean? They could base <laughs> yeah. it off of stuff. True. You know? True. So, <laughs> <laughs> and I think it is important to note that each body is kind of harboring one race more than the others too. Yes. Like like, yeah. like Onesis, it's predominantly Vex. On Io, it's predominantly the Taken. Right. With um, Cabal. With Cabal. The Cabal are kind of stationed on, on all... Well, I all mean, all them. the races are kind of stationed. It's just some are yeah. more predominant than, than others on each mm-hmm. place. Graphically, I, I do think it looks very pretty. Loading times seem to be a little bit more forgiving in this game than the last yeah, one. Yeah, they definitely are. Because some of those hyperspace travels were fucking oh, horrendous. Yeah, yeah, they were they were real long. I like the addition of cutscenes in this one. There are a lot more cutscenes going uh, through the story in this one than there were... Yeah, uh, I'd agree to that. Yeah. Now, actually, as far as like look at the game, that first mission where you're traveling through the mountains and you're following the bird and everything mm-hmm. like that, something about that mission in particular that looked a little bit more polished or well done. Like I, they probably just trying to really get you into the game with like a first beautiful mission. Yeah. But it did graphically look a lot better than other parts of the game. Well, I think. I think it's one of those things, and, and maybe this is why I like Nessus so much. I think when they do bright, vibrant worlds, it's a little prettier, and I think it's a little better to look at. Yeah. Whereas, like, the EDZ is always dark. True. Uh, and um, I, I think they're trying to give it that grim yeah, feel that, to they, it. Like, this is your right. home. It's fucked. Right. Yeah, and I, I think they, they definitely nail that aesthetic. Real quickly, I know we talked about the races earlier. They each have their very distinct look to them. Like, there's not like a repalatization or, or anything like right, that. Right, like, right. They still retain what they look like in Destiny 1. Yep, exactly. And then each race got an additional creature in this one, like the Cabal. They got the Hounds in this game. Right. Uh, the Vex got the. They're like very basic Vex that are like basically. Um, the like Exploders. Kamikazes. Yeah, yeah. The exploders. yeah. Um, trying to think. The Fallen. What did the Fallen get? Did they get anything? Kinda. They have the riders. They were in the first one. Were they? Yeah. Pikes were in the first one for sure. They weren't as they didn't like roam though. <laughs> yeah, they're like they're like gangs now. Right. I can't think of anything new for the Taken either. Yeah, you might be right. I think it's just a, there's a few. I, I could be. We could be forgetting them as well. Yeah. I've pl- I've played a lot of Destiny too at this point. Yeah. Yeah. No. Definitely. Definitely. Um, but yeah, no. Look at the creatures; they all move pretty fluid. They, they their attacks yep. look great. The the arc solar and void effects on the different guns look great. Like I just like how as soon as you swap like an element on one of your guns, it does change like the look of it a little bit. Yeah, like, just like, a little bit. It has like a glow. Yeah, exactly. Like the ammunition or something like that. Like obviously, some of your exotics are locked to one specific. Well, all the exotics are pretty much. Lock to a specific uh, your your legendary guns and everything. You can swap around and it just right. it looks really cool when you change it. Like I have this arc auto rifle right now, and it just looks so cool with the blue ammunition coming out. Yeah. But I really like I'm heavy on my arc shit. I've been thinking about changing it to like solar or void, but I don't know because it's like the look <laughs> of it. It looks so cool. I don't I don't know if I want to commit to that. But yeah, graphically, I think it's a good looking game. I I don't I don't. 
I can't tell you how much I I like the aesthetic of the game. So move on into the uh, music. Music. The music's awesome in this game. Yes, it is. And they use it at the appropriate times as well. Yeah, like the, the, the timing of the music and... The music and the sound effects are... Clark's like, Music Minute! <laughs> Stolen from Ralph. Yeah, I know. Fuck you, Fuck you Ralph. <laughs> I, uh... <laughs> this is amazing! Uh, I... Shax? <laughs> I honestly wish Shax could narrate my life. I, I, I don't know who plays him. I don't, like, uh... I know Nathan Fillion is Cade Six. He does an incredible job voice acting him. All the characters have really good depth. And they really kind of brought out more emotion. Not switching the ghost's voice halfway through the game was nice this time. <laughs> um, Shax, I, I just wish you could narrate my life. It, it would be amazing. Just, this is amazing. <laughs> Don't forget to floss. Yeah. Like, uh, the, the, just, the way he describes things, I always love picking up heavy ammo in the yeah. Crucible because just his little quips yeah. that he adds, like, ah, Guardian, what are you going to do with that? Yeah. Show him a real fight. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. I know. I love it every time. It's just, it's. I always tell everyone you're my favorite Guardian. Like, <laughs> just like, just <laughs> random shit. It's so great. Yeah. Um, Seventh column. Like, I, no, voice acting spot on. And, and there's actually quite a bit of cast member like not named people but i mean characters in the game like there's a lot of characters that are voiced oh yeah well everything is voiced except for your character which is odd i get it's the immersion it. thing yeah, yeah no i totally get it but kate six obvious i think he's a fan favorite of the game just yeah his Nathan com- yeah his comedy that he just like like there's one strike where you do where somebody's talking like oh Men always compensate by bringing others along to to make up for their strength or something like that. Yeah. And he's like, "Oh yeah, that's why I always work alone." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Something. Like yeah. Just, like just little little like it's so unnecessary, yeah. oh, but it adds why I work alone. so much flavor to to this game. It, the the music from beginning to end is tonally is great. I'm still discovering new tracks in the game. Yeah, I I that I, I mean, are they coming through with updates? on the game that they're adding new scores to the, like, I, I, I'm just blown away. Like, like I'll just be sitting in, uh, uh, doing like a hyper space travel. Yeah. Like a jump. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't recognize this song. This is, this is good. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, like the, the orchestra music, like it's just fantastic in, in this game. The beginning theme where everything's going to shit and your ghost is injured and you're like all roughed up and stuff. That beginning theme is amazing. It is so sad. And the music in Destiny has always been consistently really well done. Yeah, no. And and this is no exception. And then, and then I really think that is a, a staple for Bungie, is they're like, we need good music. Because, like, think about all the iconic Halo songs. I don't know if you're a huge fan or not, but if there's anyone that even remotely likes Halo, they are probably humming the theme to it right now. Uh, has similar feel of music. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, well, I'm not yeah, going to say it, it's like it's, the exact, but... It's space epic. It's, yeah, It's yeah. this like tonally space epic orchestral sound of the drums, march to war kind of like just epic feel. Yeah. And um, to, to really kind of 
show you how good the music is in this game. I've been in raid groups that I just met random people. Yeah. And we'll start talking about the music of the game. Like, there's a billion other things we could have talked about in downtime, but we made the effort to actually notice and discuss the music of the game. Right, right. Like, if it was poor music, would we... Would that even be in the forefront of our minds? No, it's spot on. And I, I, like I said, I keep discovering new music, and it's, it's that is one aspect that hasn't worn down on me with this game yet. It's just fantastic. And what's the the robot chick on Nessus? Failsafe. Failsafe. Another cool little add-in that like just gives that character a little bit of uh, uniqueness. Just like a bipolar robot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like. It's very, very odd if you think about it. Yeah, for for sure. It, it's having it be bipolar. It makes it really uh, like it gives it a lot of character mm-hmm. for a robot. For a robot, yeah, yeah. Well, I could see that getting annoying real quick if they didn't have character. Like if it was just a very plain. Because I mean, Ghost talks to you probably more than anybody in the game. Right. Absolutely. And just to hear. Well, I guess they that's how it originally started with uh, Peter Dinklage, and that's why they caught it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so I guess character on the ghost is very important. Final thoughts. Final thoughts, good man. You wanna, Final thoughts. You want to start it up? Sure. In the words of my favorite character, this is amazing. <laughs> um <laughs> I do really like this. I didn't like Destiny when it first came out, the first one. And then Taken King just had this hold on me. I played Taken King for a fucking... I played Destiny 1 for like a year straight. They just kind of kept pumping out just enough content to keep me coming back. There were other games, sure, but I just kept coming back. And looking at like the release schedule of how they're doing things here, I think it's just going to be more of it. And I, I love it. So what is the next big release for this game? I forget the name of it, but it's like it's a raid. It's December. It's a raid. It's more story. Is there going to be a new planet? Probably. Or, um, I would assume so. Maybe some new strikes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're going to be adding consistently. Do you to the think? Game. Just theorizing here. I know we're a little off topic, but do you think they're going to add a new race? This rendition of the game. I think so. I think we're also going to see a fourth subclass. Interesting. Interesting. I think we're finally going to get a fourth one. Because if you notice, the menu just has the the outline for it there almost. Like, you have your main subclass, which is like the big, you know, diamond. Yep. And then there's the little one next to it, and then the one underneath. And perfectly fitting in that other spot would be another one. Interesting. Yeah, so I'll have to take a look at that. Yeah, I think just the formatting is there for it, mm-hmm. more so than it was before. If you liked Destiny, this is right up your alley, and it's polished, and I think it's just a better overall game, and it's only going to get better and better, I think I feel. And if you're just starting out or just even curious about the game, pick it up. It's a great game. I will say one of the things that really has always interested me, I, I've always been really big in astronomy. I, I think I brought this up on an earlier yeah. podcast. Yep. The No Man's Sky, actually. Was it? Yes. <laughs> and just graphically, how pretty... I Do you ever take that moment where you just stand 
and just look up at the sky. Oh my and god, just yeah. Check out the environment. Like there's a bunch of shit going on around you, but you're like, you know what? I'm gonna take a minute and just take this all in. Well, that like like I said, that wallpaper that I have on my PlayStation. I'll I'll boot my PlayStation up before you leave and show it to you. Cool. It's literally me just standing at the tower, staring up at the at the. I traveler. did that one night, and I watched just one of the fragments orbit around. Yeah, the it's traveler. really fucking cool. Because I wanted to see like. Does it glitch out at some point and reset or something like that? It keeps going. Yeah. It just keeps going. I I will say my favorite moment was on the, it was the base that was on Saturn's ring. I remember when you first teleported into that and just looking out at Saturn. The Dreadnought. The Dreadnought. Yeah. I don't think anything has blown me away as much as that moment. There was something about that specifically that just looked phenomenal. And not to say that the aren't going to put it in this game because this this game is still young. And yeah. There's a lot of expansions that they're going to put into this game that, that might bring me back. And I even I thought... I mean, I'm, si- I'm signed up already for the next two. Yeah. Yeah. I, I bought the digital deluxe. I get the next two expansions already. And, and I know I was harping on, like, bringing back the old planets and stuff before. In the final cut scene, we should have touched on this in story, when the, the traveler emits this light. It yeah, revisits and it, and all it, the areas from the first game, which makes me think they're not totally forgotten. And it hits that new darkness. Yeah. Yes, it does. Which could be, I was theorizing, a new race. Yes, I think it could totally be a new race. Yeah. Because it was outside of the galaxy yeah. entirely. Like yep. Everything else has been thriving in this galaxy, mm-hmm. but this thing is beyond. Just out there in dead space. Or dead orbits. Dead orbits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my faction, by the way. That's mine, too. <laughs> it's mine on my main. We'll get into that because we do have questions tonight as well. We so do have some questions. We get there. So just, just to wrap up my final thoughts real quick, I, I do like the game. I, I think I was pleasantly surprised. I, I merely picked this game up because I didn't want to fall out of the friend loop, but <laughs> I have invested an insane amount of time. I'm probably... If there was a counter in the game, I'm probably nearing 100 hours at this point. Yeah, I, I think I'm I think I'm right up there. Oh, re- real quick, also, while you bring up the friends thing, we forgot to touch on it. I just want to throw it out there. Clan support is awesome. Yes. The whole idea between, like, the clans and you can actually have, like, a clan chat now in the on the Destiny app and everything like that. The clan support in here is, is awesome. Speaking of which, if yeah. you are a big fan of the show and you kind of want to mingle with us online, check out Karma Core. Yeah, that is our clan. Yep, you can uh, you can hit us up if you drop your PSN on our Facebook page. I will get on there and send you invite. I'm the clan founder, so cool. I'll, I'll send you an a invite. Little, little tidbit we could throw out yeah, there. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Mingle with us. Yeah, we're we're, we're yeah. always trying to get more interactions with our audience. Come raid, we'll have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> Just know what you're doing. Yeah. No. <laughs> so let's move in to. The score. 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 The score. Harry, you go first. All right, let's do this. I'm going to give it 9.0. Nice. Which ties with The Last of Us. I know you fully support that equation. Well, I mean, I don't I don't in terms of quality of a game. So where Last of Us, I think, excels in story, I feel like this game excels in gameplay. 
I mean, I disagree no, about, no, about the quality. wholeheartedly agree with that. I agree with your assessment of the value of <laughs> Destiny 2. <laughs> I, I completely disagree with your value of the story of The Last of Us. <laughs> All right, what's your fucking score? <laughs> My fucking score. Yeah, well, get, just, just get it out. Oh, arbitrary, if I may add. Yes, arbitrary. My, my arbitrary score. <laughs> I'm going to give this 26 faction tokens out of three 300 light engrams. Very well. All right. It has been spoken. It has been it, it's spoken. set in stone. Cool. So why don't also, we... Also, I'd like to clarify that, you know, it it's 25 faction tokens. It's 25 tokens to get a piece of engram. Okay. It's to twenty five to get an Ingram. I thought it or twenty. It, I thought it scaled up. No? no, so it's consistently always the same. Uh, I think the only one that actually scales up is the gunsmith. He always seems like he needs more and more fucking greedy bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Little bitch. Always working on the same goddamn rifle. Finish it. Get to another one. <laughs> <laughs> Work on a scout rifle or something. All right, cool. So we got a couple questions. These are posted from that sweet, sweet boy, Kyle Page. Sweet, sweet boy. <laughs> so number one, what's everyone's favorite class? I pretty much play Titan. Actually, I do play Titan exclusively. I just I don't feel I have the time to invest in multiple characters. I'm starting to dabble in the idea of it now that I'm pretty much at the very end of the game. I was thinking about picking up another character. Do they play very, very differently, or is it just slightly differently? The abilities play differently, yes. Do they? Uh, honestly, I... So, so for me, I'm a Warlock main. Okay. Um, And I always dabbled with Titan as my second, and then my third is Hunter. Okay. Um, I mean, I play all the classes. I eventually get them all up there, but it's usually like that. I'm in love with Striker Titan. Really? Yes, I. It's my favorite. They really fixed class, the ability because before that, Fist of Havoc was just like one ground slam and. Well, I mean, Nova Bomb's the same way. It, it's one shot with the Warlock. Yeah. Yeah, like there's a lot more roving supers in this, which I I like. But the pulse grenades on the Striker Titan are fucking nuts. Yeah. It's I, it's it's the most powerful thing in the game. Yeah. You can you can if you get a four stack in the raid. With the pollen, if you can get four stacks and throw two of your pulse grenade charges on a hound, you'll get it to almost near death. And literally, like when we one rounded it, I threw two pulses, ran over, helped some guy kill his, ran back over, shoulder charged mine, and it was dead. Jesus. That's literally what I did. And I was a big contributor on the second one because Merciless is the fucking shit. Yeah. Hmm. That's my gun of choice. That's my exotic of choice, weaponry, PvE. So as far as like subclass goes, I I do prefer the Sentinel. Like if you look at my, I, I like I like the Sentinel too. The sent I like Titan. I like Titan a lot more than I think I like Warlock right now. Do you? I I think Warlock needs a buff somewhere. Interesting. It needs something to be a little more damage dealy. I I I do, however, think they have the most important of the circle abilities. The healing rift is so fucking important. Yeah, game. I agree. I, I do agree. There's a lot of moments where it's really handy to just plop that down where the whole party, like if you're in a damage phase in the raid, yep. it's just so important. To and just... the Arc Soul. The healing in the Arc Soul 
on top of it, like like it makes Stormcaller like the one that you have to play for Warlock if you're going to be effective. Yeah. Just so you get like the little ball that shoots the electricity. It's amazing for skulls too if you're on the inside. Got it. For Callus. But no, I as far as like playing the the, the Sentinel Titan, I I have dabbled with the 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 Striker and and um Sunbreaker, but I like with your your ultimate. Yeah, I have two options with the Sentinel. Yeah. Big Bubble or Captain America. <laughs> do you, do you have the uh exotic arms for the Sentinel? Which ones? Uh I have two. I have two of them. So it's the one with like the purple horns? Yes, I do have that one. Where it allows you to shield bash and then throw the shield again and then shield bash and throw the fucking shield again? Maybe. You can I, I, you I can... haven't dabbled with like I'm pretty persistent with the chess piece that auto reloads your your auto rifles yeah that's one that i don't have uh i usually rock those the uh pauldrons okay because it allows you to throw the shield three times yeah it's sick it's so gross it's really good for pvp as well yeah like, i've gotten three people with a single disc throw oh yeah you just hit one it goes through them hits a dude standing behind him because he thought he was protected and then bounces off the wall and hits the dude hiding yeah. in the corner yeah, so it's, so clutch yeah uh, it's it's so good and I don't even use the bubble that much. I never, I don't even have it unlocked. I don't no. use the bubble. It was just, I loved using it and it always came in handy in Destiny 1 that it just, it's more iconic just to have that as an option at this point. Although, <laughs> it seems to fuck me over more. Well, you can't shoot through it now. No, you can't. Well, it, I don't think you could shoot through it in the last one. Oh, no, you had to hop in and hop back out. Yeah. But, but it doesn't have that buff anymore. Yeah. If you get the chance, check out a video I posted on Facebook. I almost fucked up our callous run. Uh, the, yeah, Harry almost wiped the entire team with that fucking bubble. Yeah, we were on our last damage step, just plowing into callous, and I panicked because I was like nearly out of ammo, and I thought I was using my my uh, Captain America special, and I popped the bubble over the entire platform where everybody was doing the damage phase it's amazing and everybody you you don't get all the audio in this video because not everybody had their their settings configured that way but the panic that ensued in the next 30 seconds after i popped that bubble was in fucking sane (laughs) (laughs) just insane and then it finally just somebody leapt off and used their striker ability just right at the very end as he was like about to burst yeah like a party wipe like it was and like all the guys in the party were like, "Dude, you were the biggest fucking troll I've ever met." Like, <laughs> and I was like, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry." Like, it, it was it was insane. So, uh, did we have any other questions? Yes, we do. So, next one is weapon uh, weapon of choice for PvP and PVE. I pretty much keep the same loadout except my heavies tend to change. Okay, fair enough. I like either the rocket launcher or sword in PvP. I've found when I get heavy ammo, and you get a decent amount with the sword in PvP. You it's do. not just like one rocket shot or something like that. With the, the PvP, or well, just rocking the sword in PvP, I find going into that third person and just hiding around a corner. And I think as long as you don't move, you don't show up on people's radar. If you crouch, you if don't you show crouch. up on radar. Yeah. Well, I find a lot of people will turn a corner and I'll just go, blah, 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 and just yep. get them with this. I've gotten so many like 5x kill streaks. Just with with the sword, I I typically do auto rifles everywhere though. I just find it, like I said earlier, extremely satisfying. But I'm not opposed. To, I I've dabbled with other guns. Like I've been trying out a lot of the exotics. I'm not trying to brag by any means, but I have 
like 15 exotics at 305 at this point. Nice. So at this point, I'm just like, cool, let's experiment with this. Let's experiment with this and just trying out different shit. Because I'm at that point in the game again, like I'm trying to find <laughs> shit to do with my time now. So. so I'm a auto rifle hand cannon guy for the most part. I just got Vigilance Wing. I'm really excited about it because I do like a good pulse rifle. So I usually rock the the raid auto, which is the Ghost Primus. It's fucking gross because it literally has settings for essentially, do you want to play PvE or do you want to play PvP? One is does extra damage at the bottom of the clip, and the other one is quick rapid kills add more ammo to the next time you reload. Mm. So it goes from 44 in a clip to 66 in a clip. That's the max that I've been able to get. But then also it's like the Soros. It'll just like get to the halfway point, and then all of a sudden it just starts pumping out tons of damage until your final, final bullets are doing two or three bullets worth of damage. It's really gross. So I rock that, and honestly, the Sunshot has been amazing for me in PvP. Yeah, the, the Sunshot's really cool. I love getting the precision kills and, and getting the, the flame effect on people. It's so good. It's so, so good. It's very satisfying, because there's eight rounds in the chamber for a hand cannon, and, and it's a decent amount, and it does a lot of fucking damage, especially if you're real close, and especially if you can get those precisions. You can... You can deal out some serious damage with that thing that is one of the ones i have leveled up yeah but so if i'm going to be super competitive there's nothing beats the meta and that's just like the meta right now is the meta is the the gun to use if you're going to be competitive like anytime i roll trials it's always meta there's no other options i find a lot of people use the cold fusion auto rifle it shoots the beam cold heart cold heart yes i find a lot of people use that as well even in pvp which i find odd like, i don't get it in pvp i see it in pve a lot it's actually really good for the callus raid yeah yeah no a lot of people have that equipped there yeah well because all you have to do because you can quick fire it and you're only using like two ammo and you can get like six shots off with it so if you sit there and do that it skulls mm. and then go and it does incremental damage so the longer you hold it on something the more damage you do so if you're at Callus, you just point it at his head and you yeah, sit you run there. Through a whole clip. Oh, I, I did want to mention one of the weapons I do like to use PVE a lot for my heavy is the the Darcy sniper rifle. I don't have that yet. No, gonna good. I, I I enjoy it. It's not like top tier as far as like sniper rifles go, but it, it fires very quickly. The the handling is like spot on with it, and it gives you like a little bit of character info when you lock on a on a target. So nice. I I dig it. I I dig it. I like the Borealis. The Borealis is really nice. That's a PS4 exclusive, by the way. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Hmm. The Borealis is, you can select which element it is on the exotic. It's like the hard light, but in a sniper rifle. It's pretty cool. That, that is pretty cool. I don't yeah. think I've seen that one, to be completely honest with you. Yeah, it. I, I actually have popped two now. There, there's still a lot of exotics to go for me. Like, yeah. I haven't experienced all of them. Me too. Like, the tractor cannon's a little bit weird. I know people. I want a tractor cannon. I, I I want to mess around with it. Yeah, I have that maxed out. That's my shotgun. That's maxed. also I need to do the arms dealer because I want the raid shotgun. I need to do that as well. We I might... have the quest up. The three hundred quest. So. Yeah, we might have to do that sometime. We we should we should hammer that through as a group one day because we we all need it. So or well, I don't know if everybody needs it. But... Nobody else fucking beat the raid in the clan other than you and I. So. See, I didn't want to do this episode until 
I got to that marker in this game. Yeah, I no, feel like I, we I, both have gotten to a very appropriate point to... Because I, I think a lot of the reviews that are out for this game right now, a lot of people are just getting like initial impressions. At least that's what I had yeah, when I was yeah. listening to podcasts on this game. Nobody like had the full experience. So You got it here, guys. Yeah, you got it here. So we got one more question. What hints or tips can you give for any new Destiny 2 players? My tip would be to pull out. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> you never pull out. <laughs> Honestly, save everything. It's don't... The second you get a... You can save a lot on the grind if you don't just break everything down as soon as you get it. Play and figure out what you like. If you're more effective with a weapon and it's a few light less than the current weapon, if you're more effective with it, you'll get through it quicker. Also, if you're really trying to grind out an alt, and this is this is my this is my big thing. Not necessarily for a new Destiny 2 player, but like somebody's experienced, it's like, oh, maybe I'll 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 do my alt. Always make sure that you go to Xur and buy whatever your alt's thing is. So Xur has now given us helmets. He's given us arms, and he's given us chest pieces for every single class. So there's no reason that when you get to level 20 with your alt, once you get all your legendary slots, you should be 270 immediately. That's what I've done. Literally, I did my level 20 mission, got that done, went to went to Zur, got my shit, transferred all of the guns and shit like that like my max level guns and then went and cashed in all of my tokens and i went from like 210 light to 293 with my hunter just doing one week's worth of powerful gear Hmm. and and doing it that way it makes alting very very easy I feel like it's easier for your alt once you get through it. With oh, absolutely, because you can transfer them 300 light-level fucking guns. Yeah, exactly. And, and that just boosts you up real quick. I think the other little tidbit I was going to say is, I mean, obviously, get through the missions first. Like, you need to get through that to get to level 20. You really, the game really doesn't open up until you hit that level 20, 20 yeah. point. Yeah. Try to not miss out on your your luminous engrams each week. Right. Make those a priority right. and then fuck around with the game. Because that's really what's going to boost you up very, very quickly. Yeah, I've, I've I've gotten getting through the story down to a science. I can probably speed run the story in about five hours now. Yeah. And one important thing with that, too, is, all right, so do the stories. Mainline the story until you're done. Until you can't progress further because of, oh, level cap or something. You'll have a mission from Shax to go do Crucible or do go do something. Do that till you hit the level cap mainline again. Yeah. Then continue unlocking all the other bits, like unlock quick play and competitive for Crucible, because you have to do four matches in each. If you spread those out and stuff, you'll never have to stop and grind usually. Yeah. That's a really easy way to like just mainline and get a character to 20. The other thing I was going to say is definitely get into some kind of clan. I'm sure yep. clans are important. Hop on the internet. I'm sure there's tons join of- Join our clan. Yeah, join our Fucking clan. join our clan. But the, the benefits that you get from it are just going to, the, the longer you're in a clan, they're, they're going to help you. It might not be noticeable in a week span of time, but over the course of many hours of gameplay, the extra glimmer you're going to get, the extra prizes you, that are going to drop from public events, the, the 
just the the rewards are just going to add up over time that it's really going to help out your character in the long run. Absolutely. So try to try to not avoid getting into that. I think I got we yep. all got into the clan immediately when it was available. Well, the clan carried over from Destiny One, mm. so it was just there. Like uh, as soon as I as soon as I connected to the game, the clan was there because I'm like the clan founder or whatever. And as got soon it. as I made the transition, it was in Destiny Two. Got it. I think that's all I really. Yeah, think. yeah. I, do we want to announce kind of what we're doing here with the podcast? Sure, we can do that. Okay. So next week is going to be a Mubbers that's just going to feature Ralph and Steve. Following that, Steve and Ralph will be uh, reviewing the Wolfenstein. Uh, new, I think it's New Blood. It's the it's the one for current gen. Okay. And then after that, we are going to do a drunk episode that is the four of us playing drinking games. And honestly, we want crowd interaction so by all means get on our facebook we're gonna you're you'll start seeing posts uh, you'll start seeing posts by the time this is out for it to just start collecting questions anything we're gonna kind of do a year-end wrap-up or season one wrap-up yes and then you know during that time when we get to that podcast we'll kind of you know we're gonna we're gonna think about tweaking some things maybe possibly changing some things and you know we'll we'll inform you all uh at that time what we're going to be tweaking and changing and stuff and then it'll be looking forward to season 2 yeah you believe it I, yeah it's crazy year? it's it, it we're coming up on a year of That's podcasting it's insane. awesome we owe it all to you guys too cuz if Absolutely. we didn't if we didn't have your guys support like we would not be continuing to do this cool awesome awesome well, I think that's going to wrap it up for our Destiny 2 episode. Yep. So stay tuned for the two lesser members of our podcast <laughs> to perform their special little episode. <laughs> <laughs> but cool. Well, thank you again. Love uh, you. Yeah, but yeah. Guardian out. Guardian out. Guardian down. <laughs> yeah. Go- <laughs> Game over. Game over. Game over. Game over. Thanks for listening to Super Fun Game Review Podcast Go. Stay up to date on our Facebook at facebook.com slash superfunpodcast.